0: Redeemer, friend, we give you praise. Uh, Lord, we are the recipients of your powerful work of redemption. And Lord, we are sorry that we are so prone to take our eyes off of you. And we need your mercy every day. But I am thankful that you are awesome and powerful and, and huge and big and you are able to take care of us and lead us to our eternal home. And I pray, Father, that you would bless this class. pray that you would bless Danny's class and the, the young kids that are in their Sunday school classes. Uh, Lord, may we understand who we are and all of our need of you but may we also understand how great you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we're in Numbers 22, and the story of Balaam, and uh, this has become one of my favorite stories in Scripture. Um, I say that kind of stuff all the time because it's the one I'm in, right? Um, So a couple of little background things that we kind of talked about last week, but we're going to just want to refresh your mind. Balaam is is called a prophet, but he's not a biblical prophet. Like a, a biblical prophet is someone that hears from the Lord and then speaks. Balaam is going to present himself as a prophet. But you have to understand that he is more like a, Satanist um, witchcraft we're going to do something so that we can manipulate the spiritual realm to our benefit. So I write up here, he has the ability to manipulate gods and since we as Christians believe there's only one god right, that must mean demonic spirits. (laughs) Okay, But in the Old Testament world each Each nation had a God, right? They had their own God who would fight for them. And in our story in Genesis today with Jacob and uh, Laban, they might even say they would have a family God. You know, and so, so Balaam, he, I don't know exactly where he is, but he is over here. So here's Israel. He's over here. I don't know if he's more up here or if he's here, but he's a long way. 400 and some miles from from where where the battle is okay uh, Israel is coming up Israel is coming up the side here and they're conquering peoples okay and there's a king Balak he's the king and he, he has heard of Balaam. Balaam has had a reputation. You know, the kings kind of hear these, these reputations. And, and he has heard that if you need the gods to fight for you, go get Balaam. Okay? So he sends emissaries to Balaam. Because he, Balak, is afraid of Israel. Okay, Now, that's that's just background of where we are. The other thing you really need to know is that Israel is 100% completely ignorant of everything that goes on between Balak and Balaam. So we're reading it in the story. And so at some point, Israel had to become aware of this. But they were not aware of it As in in time. So the reason why this is important is because we're going to see a battle between a human king and someone who's going to manipulate the gods. They're on one side, and they're going to try to get Yahweh to curse Israel. Now you can imagine, this is his job. He can get one little demonic god... (laughs) to fight against another little demonic god, and this this nation can overcome this nation, right? He's good at doing that, but now he's coming up against the god, right? So he's trying to, Balaam is going to try to manipulate Yahweh in the same way that he has tried to manipulate all the other gods in his time, okay? Any questions on that? Just to get you where that's, that's, if you don't under, get this portion of it, the whole story sounds like Balaam's a great guy. He is not a great guy. So he is he is very evil. So all right. Even his donkey knows that, that's right. Okay. So we had gone through these before, but let's go ahead and read it again. Uh 10 through um uh, Let's read 10 through 17. Um, Let's let um, Clark read that or or Lee, doesn't matter, whoever.
1: Balaam said to God, Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, sent me this message. A people that has come out of Egypt covers the face of the land. Now come and put a curse on them for me. Perhaps then I will be able to fight them and drive them away. But God said to Balaam, Do not go with them. You must not put a curse on those people because they are blessed. The next morning, Balaam got up and said to Balak's princes, Go back to your own country, for the Lord has refused to let me go with you. So the Moabite princes returned to Balak and said, Balaam refused to come with us. Then Balak sent other princes, more numerous and more distinguished than the first. They came to Balaam and said, This is what Balak, son of Zippor, says. Do not let anything keep you from coming to me, because I will reward you handsomely and do whatever you say. Come and put a curse on these people for me. But Balaam answered them. Even if Balak gives me a palace filled with silver and gold, I could not do anything great or small to go beyond the command of the Lord my God. Now stay here tonight. As others did, and I will find out what else the Lord will tell me.
0: All right, stop right there. Perfect. That's great. Okay, so follow this. The follow the the steps. Right. So uh, number one, it's pretty amazing that God shows up because you know Balaam is like he does his little thing, and 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 God actually shows up to him. Now up until this time, he had spiritual beings. Probably talked to him before like I mean I think in his past he's he's had interaction and he he doesn't really realize how, who he's dealing with he just thinks it's another god right so he says he's talking to this spirit you know and and uh who happens to be Yahweh and and he says you know um this king Balak wants me to get you to curse this people it's just a simple request, right? And so, he, and so, and then what does God say to him in verse 12? No. And his, he tells him two things, right? Hey, wait well, that's, 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 the, that's the reason, but he tells him two things he can't do. He can't go with them and he can't curse them. Now, let me ask you something. Does God change his mind when now i get it that god is relational so like if 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 god tells you to repent and then you repent he changes his attitude towards you because you're you're changed but if the if the attitude of the people is the same does it, does god speak one way and then turn around and speak the other way no so we have here do not go and do not curse okay very clear, and why can you not do these t- things? Because they are blessed. okay very simple, very clear cut. God's word is clear now if if Balaam knew he was dealing with the with the true God, that'd be the case closed. end of story. but he thinks he's dealing with one of these really, I call them demonic gods, <laughs> that he can manipulate. So he, he, he goes back in the morning, and he says, uh, I can't go with you. All right, so it sounds to us, oh, Balaam's in complete, um, he's in complete compliance with God, right? You say, oh, Balaam's a good guy. He, he just wants to do what God tells him to do. I can't go with you guys, okay? So the, the people, the, the con, little committee that comes to him, the ambassadors, they go back to Balak, the king, and they tell him. Now, what, what does Balak do then in verse 15? Yeah, now why would he do if, if If this is Balaam's definitive, nope, can't do it, case closed. Why does Balak send another group? A more distinguished group, right? He, what, is, what does Balak assume about Balaam? Yeah, he's just telling me no because he just wants to bet more. You know, this is kind of like, no, nah, I can't do it. Can't do it. You know, you're, you're underhanded. You know, you flip them a, a $20 bill. They won't let you through customs. Well, how about a $100 bill, Right. You know, you're not doing it on, not being able to do this on principle. You're doing it because I haven't offered you enough, okay? So Balak uh, says, you know, sends him more, okay? Um, He's going to honor him. Now, you have to understand, honor and money is why Balaam is doing all this. He's not in it for God. He's not a good prophet. He's a a false prophet of pagan gods. He's obviously doing this because he wants more honor. Okay, all right. So then they come back. How does Balaam respond? Verses 18 and 19. Again, he's so crafty, so slippery. What does he say? Now, doesn't that sound great? Listen, I can't do more than what God tells me. But what does he say at the very end? Yeah, but, but, you know, but, but spend the night with me. Because, you know, God, I'll think, if I, maybe I can get God to change his mind. Right? Maybe, you know, just hang out here. We'll see what we can do. And his statement, I'm not going to do anything that God doesn't tell me to do, that's obviously what you'd want to say, because if it, it is a false humility, it gets you off the hook, right? If, if you fail, oh, I can only do what God wanted me to do. You know, it, it's, it's, there's nothing, he should have said, look, you need to repent. You should go to this people and tell them, this is a blessed people. You should, you should try to do treaties with them. You should try to fall into, you know, be with Israel. No, let me see what I can do with this, Okay. So uh let's pick up there in verse 20. So let's read 20, let's see there. Uh well let's just read um oh let's see here. Let's read all the way to um thirty-four. So twenty to thirty-four. Um who would like to read? Raise your hand. There you go, Leo Reed. Perfect. Twenty to thirty-four.
2: And God came to Balaam at night and said to him, If the men have come to call you, rise, go with them, but only do what I tell you. So Balaam rose in the morning and saddled his donkey and went with the princes of Moab. But God's anger was kindled because he went. And the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as his adversary. Now he was riding on the donkey and his two servants were with him. And the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. And the donkey turned aside out of the road and went into the field. And Balaam struck the donkey to turn her into the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the Vineyards with a wall on either side. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pushed against the wall and pressed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he struck her again. Then the angel of the Lord went ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right or to the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, and she, she lay down under Balaam. And Balaam's anger was kindled. And he struck the donkey and his staff with his staff. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey, and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? And Balaam said to the donkey, Because you have made a fool of me, I wish I had a sword in my hand, for then I would kill you. And the donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your donkey on which you have ridden all your life long to this day? Is it my habit to treat you this way? And he said, No. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his sword drawn in his hand. And he bowed down and fell on his face. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out to oppose you because your way is perverse before me. The donkey... Saw me and turned aside before me these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, surely just now I would have killed you and let her live. Then Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I did not know that you stood in the road against me. Now, therefore, if it is evil in your sight, I will turn back.
0: And read 35 too. Go ahead.
2: And the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, Go with the men but speak only the word that I tell you. So Balaam went on with the princes of Balak.
0: <clears throat> okay. Again, we need to follow the the the, the flow of the text, uh, understanding the things that we've already uh, come to understand. So, <clears throat> in verse 20, God comes to Balaam and says to them, to him, if the men have come to call you, rise, go with them, but only do what I tell you, okay? Now, how do we interpret that? And I made Lee read read forward because God gets angry, right? (laughs) So how do we interpret this statement of God? It does. But then why would God get angry at him for going? <laughs> okay, it's a test. Yeah, I think you're right. hmm Any other thoughts? This is, this is really... So God is teaching... He's teaching Balaam. But because it's recorded in Scripture, it's teaching us... Okay. No, you're good. Yeah, it's showing God's control. That's the big picture. God is in control, not man. That's a huge, very good. That's great. Um, You are to obey his word, and you're to learn that God doesn't change his word based upon your manipulation. That's an excellent way to put it. God is giving him a shovel to dig a deeper hole. It's kind of like God says, no, do not do this. And then he's insistent on doing it. And so God comes up to him, yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Because that's the way Balaam thinks all gods are. They can change. It'd be like God saying, "Um, think about um, uh, some, if God came to you and said, hey, Sam, go ahead and steal. What would you say? I mean, he, he's, in a, he's in a dream, he hears, and God says, go steal something. What would you say? Right, because God's word has said, do not steal. But see, that's not the way they think about the gods. The gods are beings to be manipulated. They're they're selfish interest kind of gods. I can change on these things. So God basically says, yeah, you want to treat me like another false god? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go. But that's not God's true moral command. He's playing Balaam's game. That's what he's doing. Okay? So, and we see that because God is going to... I'll say this because it makes it stronger. He is going to make Balaam look like an ass. And you are supposed to laugh. Think about this. Think about the most powerful spiritual forces in the world arrayed against you. And here, trying to get those forces to get your God to curse you. And God laughs. Are you kidding? I'm not a God to be manipulated like this. Okay? So he tells him to go. Okay? Um, Plays his game. He actually uses the same words that Balaam had said to the people. Only do what I tell you. He is so slippery in all this. Yeah. Yes, yes, and and she said it very well that God and you said very much what you're saying. He allows you to go deeper into your sin. He actually there's there's some places where it says that he sends a a lying spirit to the prophets. In this case, he doesn't have to send a lying spirit because Balaam is a lying spirit, like he's bad already. But later on, when you have the prophets of Israel, they there were. Satan trying to uh, deceive the people to get them to turn away. And the scripture says that God actually sends a lying spirit. Well, God doesn't intentionally, it's not his, his word is his word. And and it's true, and the law is true, and you should accept it. Um, And he even says in Deuteronomy, if any prophet comes to you and tells you to do something that's contrary to my already written word, that's a false prophet. That's why it's so important that we have the word of God. And God is teaching this to Balaam, but he's also teaching it to us. Because guess who else is going to want to manipulate God? His own people. They're going to want to manipulate him. We are going to want to manipulate God. You ever feel like you're just trying to get God to do what you want him to do? Now, we're supposed to present our requests to God, our desires, but we're also not supposed to try to manipulate God. It's a big difference. Okay, so, okay, let's follow along. So, notice in 22, it is explicit. This is not a part of the dialogue. This is a part of the narrator speaking in. And anytime the narrator is speaking, you can trust it, right? When people are speaking, it could be just whatever. It's just happening, right? But here it says, God's anger was kindled because he went. That that interprets this for us. I might not come to the conclusions I've come to if this statement wasn't in there. It is telling us God is mad at him because he went. So therefore, you have to then conclude God's statement to go wasn't actually a direct command to go. And you have to go back to his initial command, do not go. That's his initial command. Are you following all this now? It's a little bit confusing. But um, one commentator said he's giving the people what they want, exactly what, um uh shannon was saying now um the interaction with the donkey any thoughts or observations on that yes frank uh, here comes the microphone i was thinking that he didn't seem overly shocked that the donkey was speaking with him. <laughs> yep. And I, I was thinking there's a possibility that when he was communicating with these demonic gods that they, they would have utterances. And so he was not unfamiliar with unusual things and you know, unusual voices. Yes. That's very good. He's, he's, uh, he's okay with these voices, unusual things. In fact... That's what he does. He's like the professional. You want to talk to the gods? I'm your man. And guess what he gets because he does this? Honor, money. He is great because he can do this. And what does God tell us through the donkey? Don't, don't think about, don't think about the, the actual words of the donkey later on. What is he communicating to Balaam through the donkey? Yeah, so, so God's power—I'm greater than what you expect. But what is he communicating about Balaam? How weak he is! Listen, I can speak through a donkey. You think you're great because you talk to gods? I am the God that can actually make an ass talk. You are nothing, Balaam. That's what he's telling him. You are lower than low. I'm just curious about God, uh, well, Satan used the serpent to create, cause the fall, Mm -hmm. an, an, an animal. Now, here we have God using a donkey for his own purposes. I don't mm-hmm. know where, if there's any type of a parallel involved in something like this, mm-hmm. uh, aside from what you're saying that he used and asked to... Uh... Well, it, in other words, Balaam thinks he's great because he can do these things. God says, Balaam, I can do what you do through a donkey. That's what he's telling him. Balaam, you're not great. That's right. It is, it, this is where, I, you guys, a lot of you don't know Olin Coleman, but we used to, a long time ago, have this discussion of whether God has humor. Well, if you understand Hebrew literature, they are very funny. It's not always the humor we use, but this is supposed to be humorous. This is funny. You're supposed to be laughing at Balaam. Okay. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> Balaam, who thinks he's manipulating God, is nothing more than a pawn to God. Think about Satan as he is manipulating the world to try to crucify Christ. Is he actually manipulating the spiritual realm? Or is God in complete control? Are you catching? This this is the, the same theme. God is so far Above these battles that there that's happening. Okay. Um, another, and the other thing you see here, Balaam is blind. He he professes to be one who can see, who knows the, the spiritual realm, and he is utterly blind to the spiritual realm. His donkey can see better than he can. The donkey is saving him, and he is striking the donkey. Every bit of this is, Balaam, you are the fool, the fool, the fool. Happens three times to show intensity. Am I too loud still? Let me turn down a little bit. Just turn me down just a little bit. Um, God enters into a discussion with Balaam using a donkey. I mean, again, it's just like Balaam thought he was this respected guy. I talked with the gods, and God's like, you're nothing. Okay? Now, um, God tells Balaam in verse 32, what does he says? I have come out to oppose you because your way is perverse before me. What is perverse about Balaam? This could be several answers to this. So he's perverse in that he doesn't, He doesn't give enough glory to the God he's talking with. Okay, that's good. What else? He's disobeyed a direct command. command. That's excellent. He still thinks he can manipulate this God. He is a self-worshipper. That is very insightful. That is exactly right. You don't see it because it's not on the surface because he's saying all the right things. He comes out of this, me- oh, if I had known, I would have never done that. You know what I mean? Like, it sounds so good. He's such a f- snake. Go ahead. Hmm. And, you know, doing this here, yes. What does Jesus say to the to the Jews? They or to the followers? They will the Jews will persecute you, and they will think that they are following God, or they'll say that they're following God while they, yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, I, I have, I have, I, I can't tell you how many times I've read this story and just been confused by it. Like, what is happening here? You know, is Balaam a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Yes. There's no one to keep his monopoly in check. Then in 34. Then in 34, he's already been told that his way is perverse. And then he says, if it is evil. What do you mean if it is evil? It is evil. Your way is perverse. If it is evil, I'll turn back. He's still trying to get what he wants. That's a good, that's a good, I don't know, um, the way it's, the way it's described, it's like Balaam is by himself on a donkey, but you're right, there were probably other people there with him, you know, yeah, but even the contingent of the, the, um, the princes from Balak, so, Mm mm-hmm. Okay, so let me, let me take a pause before we finish up this. I want to go into the New Testament because when you read the New Testament and you see how the New Testament handles this story, it's very helpful to us to, to again, get a, a glimpse of this because we are called, we're supposed to learn from this story. So let's start in 2 Peter chapter 2. 2 Peter 2. and I'll just read this one. But false prophets arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. Now, there's a lot of things you could learn from that, but just a couple basic truths. There will be false teachers among you. Balaam is a false prophet. He he He's not one of the prophets of Israel, but what, what Peter is saying is even in the church will rise up similar prophets to Balaam. Okay? Uh, Follow down to verse 12 in 2 Peter. But these, like irrational animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed, blaspheming about matters that of which they are ignorant, will also be destroyed in their destruction. He's talking about the false teachers. What, what will we just see about Balaam? God was ready to just crush him, right, because he's a false teacher. Um, suffering wrong is the wage for their wrongdoing. They count it pleasure to revel in the daytime. They are blots and blemishes. They are reveling in their deceptions. They will feast with you. They have eyes full of adultery, insatiable for sin. They entice unsteady souls. They have hearts trained for greed, accursed children. Forsaking the right way, they have gone astray. They have followed the way of Balaam, son of Beor, who loved gain from wrongdoing. You see how that, it just interprets for us what happened. What is Balaam doing? He is out for his own ambition, and he's trying to manipulate God to get his own self glorified. That's what he's doing. And false teachers in the church will rise up and do the same thing. I'll just go on because it's the rest of the story. But was rebuked for his own transgression. A speechless donkey spoke with a human voice and restrained the prophet's madness They are waterless springs and mist driven by a storm. For for them the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. For speaking loud boasts of folly, they entice by sensual passions of the flesh those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. They promise freedom, but they are themselves slaves of corruption. So I could go on, but the idea is don't expect a false prophet to sound like a false prophet. That's the whole thing. That When you read the story of Balaam, you're supposed to be a little confused. Oh, uh, maybe Balaam sounds good. He's only doing what God tells him to do. Right? I mean, so it sounds good. This is, Jesus says that Satan masquerades as an angel of light. <laughs> right? So, I mean, that it's just the way it is. So how would you know if I were a false prophet? I'm not predicting future, so how would I lead you astray? She said it did you guys hear that she says God's word does not change so when we saw that he wasn't following the initial commandment that we knew that he's not right and that's what we do how do you know if I'm a false prophet am I actually exegeting this for you or am I saying ah come on you know think times change I mean, think about the church today all the things that they say are okay Often I tell myself, I would rather tell you the truth and condemn myself than to try to just, you know, say what you itching ears want to hear. So, um, in 2 Thessalonians 2, we don't need to turn there, it's, it's called the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. The law is the truth of the word of God it is god's word we have to trust it we can't go and think we're smarter than the bible it is the truth and anybody who teaches you that this bible is not true is a false prophet now do good teachers get things wrong sometimes yes it happens we're not nobody's perfect in their understanding of scripture you understand things better and better but but you're but The idea is you approach it that this is God's word, it's true, it's unchanging. I have to be changed, not God. Okay? Now, um, go back to Numbers 22. Verse 35. Um let's have uh Debbie you want to read? Yeah, i let's just read 35 and then I'll keep the mic, I'll have you read some more after that. Probably read actually don't, don't, I'm changing my mind. Just read um read thirty-five through the end of the chapter.
3: The angel of the Lord said to Balaam, Go with the men and speak only when I tell you. So Balaam went with the princes of Balak. When Balak heard that Balaam was coming, he went out to meet him at the Moabite town on the Arnon border at the edge of the territory. Balak said to Balaam, Did I not send you an urgent summons? Why didn't you come to me? Am I really not able to reward you? Well, I have to come to you now, Balaam replied, but can I say just anything? I must speak only what God put in my mouth. Then Balaam went with Balak to
0: That's right. Th- <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just keep okay. moving. Okay.
3: Balak sacrificed cattle and sheep and gave some to Balaam and the princes who were with him. The next morning, Balak took Balaam up to that place. Yeah. <laughs> And from there, he saw part of the people.
0: Okay. Okay, so, again, we have a repetition. God says, go with the men. Yes, in some sense, God does want Eden to go with the men because he's going to continue to make a fool of him, and he's also going to teach not only Balaam now, but he's also going to teach Balak a story, right? So up at this point, he's teaching Balaam the story. you got to learn that I'm God. But he hasn't taught Balak yet, right? Balak is still in the dark. He thinks that Balaam's going to do for him what he wants him to do for him, okay? So he goes, and uh, it seems that, they, that he's all the way on the border of the Arnon, which is way down here. Here's Moab, you know, so he's... He's come, you know, he's traveled all the way, you know, over to the, to the, you know, he's far away from home now. Um, and uh, he goes out to meet him, and then in verse 37, what's Balak's first response? What took you so long, man? I paid you a lot of money. What are you doing? I'm giving you honor. Why aren't you here yet? Because Balak still thinks that He's playing around with uh, little local gods, um, and Balab says to him, "I've come to you," and then he says his same typical thing: "Hey, I can only say what um, God wants me to say. It's fine-sounding words, but he would. What should he have said to uh, Balak? I have been humbled. I was wrong." This whole thing is not good. What what you're trying to do is wrong. He doesn't say any of that. He's going to keep playing the game. Actions speak louder than words. Okay? Balaam goes with Balak. What do they do in verse 40? Yes. Now, this is another way it's to be confused. Are, do, does Israel not have all these sacrificial you know, we sacrifices all over Israel, right? But what's different about these sacrifices? It's not done by the priests. Good, so it's not according to the law. These are these are pagan guys, right? They're not they're not Israel's sacrifices. They don't know who you're sacrificing to. Yep, yeah. but that's the motivation. What does Balak want? He wants to defeat God's people, and he's going to try to get God to do it, and he thinks that if he offers a bunch of sacrifices, he can manipulate the gods. Why did, why did people offer child sacrifices? Because they thought that they could manipulate the gods into making them be blessed. Give what you care about, and then you'll somehow get what, what you want. Right? And so you give you're even your children. Well here he's not giving children but he's giving these sacrifices and he's going to give more and more. He's going to be like let's do it some more. We've got to give more. Somehow if we just give enough sacrifices we will get God to do what we want him to do. I thought you guys might This is uh, one of the gods of Baal right here. All over the place during there. It's like really pagan, terrible stuff. Um... Okay, um, at the end of 22, he brings him up, and he looks, and he sees the people. Which people does he see? Very last verse. Yeah, that's Israel. He's looking at the people of Israel. Um, and Bamoth Baal, Baal is a cult center of the God Baal, that's why it's Bamath Baal, and uh, the King James actually reads the high places of Baal, um, so there's this idea that they're sitting up on some kind of a hill, and they've built like a high place of Baal worship there, and they're looking down on the people of Israel, okay, again, think about that, we're up high, looking down, because we're up here at the cult center, and the God Maybe maybe it's I shouldn't make an error going. Yeah, it's a good. So this is the way Yahweh he has to come down to interact with them. But the false gods, the idea is you've gone up to this high place so you can interact with the gods. They only see a fraction of the people at this point, right? So let's go ahead. We got a little bit more time. Let's keep going here. Oh, let's see, Uh, Carla, would you read 1 through 12 for me?
4: And Balaam said to Balak, build me here seven altars and prepare me seven oxen and seven rams. And Balak did as Balaam had spoken, and Balak and Balaam offered on every altar a bullock and a ram. And Balaam said unto Balak, stand by thy burnt offering and I will go, peradventure the Lord will come. To meet me and whatsoever he showeth me I will tell thee. And he went to a high place. And God met Balaam, and he said unto him, I have prepared seven altars, and I have altered upon every altar a bullock and a ram. And the Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth, and said, Return unto Balak, and thus thou shalt speak. And he returned unto him, and lo he stood by his burnt offering, or burnt sacrifice, he and all the princes of Moab. And he took up his parable and said, Balak the king of Moab, Hath brought me from Aram out of the mountains of the east, saying, Come, curse me, Jacob, and come, defy Israel. How shall I curse whom God hath not cursed? Or how shall I defy whom the Lord hath not defied? For from the top of the rocks I see him, and from the hills I behold him. Lo, the people shall dwell alone, and shall not be reckoned among the nations. Who can count the dust of Jacob and the number of the fourth part of Israel? Let me die the death of the righteous, and let my last end be like his. And Balak said unto Balaam, What have you done unto me? I took you to curse my enemies, and behold, you have blessed them altogether. And he answered and said, Must I not take heed to speak that which the Lord hath put in my mouth?
0: Okay. Again, the story just keeps going. Remember, we're teaching Balak now. That We have to teach the same lesson that God has taught Balaam. He's now got to teach Balak. Notice, again, see their pagan understanding of sacrifices. Prepare for me seven bulls and seven rams on seven altars. Can you not just hear Jesus' words? Oh, the pagans think that if you use many words in prayer, somehow that will be more powerful, right? Jesus says, no, just, just talk to me. I'm your God. You don't manipulate me. Ask me for things. Okay? But they think, oh, if we do this right, if we manipulate the realm and we offer these sacrifices in such a way, we will get God to do what we want. Okay, That's Balak's understanding. And it's even Balaam's understanding to some extent. Balaam continues to play the game because Balaam still wants to get money and honor from Balak. <clears throat> He pretends that he's in true submission to the Lord. Perhaps God will meet with me. And then God shows up. Right? Only Balaam's not manipulating anything that God says. God is using Balaam just like he used the donkey. He's going to communicate truth to Balak. <clears throat> In other words, Balaam's kind of thinking, you know, God and I will have another conversation. We'll go another round. We'll maybe have some more, you know, questioning. And and then it says, the Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth. This is how true prophecy works. You're not manipulating God. He just tells you what he wants you to to say to people. Okay, and this is the way it works. Isaiah, Ezekiel, these guys are like ragdolls to God. These prophets of God are just, they, they, God just, yeah, this is what you're going to say. <laughs> this is what you're going to do. And, and it's not how great they are. It's just that God is using them as a mouthpiece. And he's doing that with Balaam right here. So what does he say to him? What's the message? I can't curse them you crazy? Curse Israel? Are you kidding me? He speaks the truth clear. Um, now think about this and this' getting close here Does the blessing of God upon his people depend upon me? Is it, the, is it the righteousness of, the, of the, the guy who stands up here and pronounces the blessing? Have I somehow manipulated God into giving you a blessing? Is it somehow my powerful control that has handled this? No. This bl I tell you, Israel is absolutely unaware of this whole battle. You think about the most powerful beings in the world. I don't care for spiritual beings, rulers, doesn't matter. They are arrayed against you. They want to curse you. Can they actually get God to curse you? No. They can destroy flesh and blood. They can can take away, but they cannot separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. If you are in Christ Jesus, the blessing of God is upon you. Period. It's not because of how smart you are. It's not because of how, how much you pray. Faith in God, the true God. And his word declares to you that if you're in Christ, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Period. The blessing of God is yours. Okay? So, and, it's, and this is utterly, this whole battle is happening without Israel having any control. It was like, don't you need to have Moses with you? Can't we have Moses fighting against Balaam? Can't we have a battle? Because later on that happens, right? The prophets of Baal, who are they fighting against? Elijah, right? Elijah against 400 prophets of Baal. Same kind of thing going on, right? So this, this idea of there being this spiritual battle taking place, it's just... It's not that we don't ever participate in it. Paul says that that you are fighting a spiritual battle in Ephesians six, and you take up the armor of God. You must fight this. Yeah, give him the microphone. Um, but isn't it refreshing at the very beginning, at the inception of trying to talk about this whole spiritual battle that that this battle takes place and Israel doesn't even know it takes place? Isn't that refreshing that God is somehow Above it all, and he is not going to be manipulated to curse those who are in Christ Jesus. Go ahead,
3: Nathan. And when he says, I cannot curse them because God hasn't cursed them, he's basically admitting in the past, anyone that he's cursed, it was in God's control that they were cursed, not in my control. That's right. Yep.
0: Other comments and questions? In verse 10, Balaam, we're going to stop here, even though there's another section to go. But in verse 10, Balaam says, let me die the death of the upright and let my end be like his. Um, I would just say, don't be fooled by Balaam uh, anymore. But it does he is speaking truth that it would be better to die with the upright than to be with the false prophets. That's that's the the idea. It's kind of like the, um, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We're serving God. God wants to take us out. God can take us out. But we're not going to bow down to you. So, all right, we will pick up at verse 13 next week. Um, this is an awesome story. We're not quite finished with it yet. Um, uh, but... Uh, it's going to have a, a hard thing as well because once, and I would argue uh, Balaam represents Satan trying to attack God's people, uh, once, once the direct assault on God's people is lost, he goes to other avenues. And that is simply deceiving God's people to, to go into sin and so it's a whole other whole other battle but we're, we'll we'll get there as we go along but um yeah it's uh we are what does luther say if not the right man if if the right man were not on our side our striving would be losing but we do have the right man on our side so remember that god laughs he has won the battle he is not threatened don't worry about i mean we're going to worry we worry about governments. We worry about uh, economics. We worry about all these things. But just realize God is above it all. He's above it all. And, and you are his. So, Father, thank you so much for the word of God. And Lord, uh, give us faith. Give us the grace to submit our hearts to you rather than try to manipulate you. Help us to to learn from you. Forgive me, forgive us for our sins, Lord. We, we are not, it's not like Balaam does this and we don't try to do it. It's a It's a universal struggle that we all have to submit to you rather than try to manipulate you. And I pray, God, that you would help us in that because of your greatness and your goodness. And help us to live as people who know that we're under your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen.